to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and we have another great episode for you guys this week. Uh, This week, I am joined by none other than Conan Kilgore. Uh, You guys might know him on Instagram as High Speed Hillbilly. Uh, Great guy. Does a lot of, uh, I don't even want to call it work, right? But spends a lot of time in the, the recce space. And I and I cringe even saying that word because it gets such a, uh, like, just goofy connotation now because it's overused. And um, it's kind of like it's used inappropriately uh, and incorrectly a lot, too. Um, but we get to sit down this week. We talk uh, about um, preparation and the recce concept. Talk a bit, uh, a bit about everything. Honestly, we talk about the recce rifles, um, how that's kind of had its uh, its ebbs and its flows, up and downs, whatever you want to call it, in popularity. Um, some of it makes a lot of sense. Um, most of it doesn't make any sense at all, uh, as with a lot of things that are driven and in, in, uh, driven by social media. But we get into that. We get into um, how to pack, how to prepare, uh, how to plan, sanitation, hygiene, things like, I mean, we get into all kinds of stuff that I think that a lot of folks that are interested in the recce concept and getting to spend time off the grid and, and, and bugging out, right. To use the, the popular, uh, phrase or, or buzz phrase, buzz terms, whatever, uh, you know, they don't, people don't think about a lot of these things. Um, and he has had the opportunity, uh, both in the military and otherwise, to experience a lot of this stuff firsthand and really draw his own conclusions um, and, and use his own experiences to, to build and plan and, and, and grow his skill set off of. So it was a really cool conversation. Um, I, I'm sure you guys are going to really dig it. Uh, before I get into my discussion uh, with Conan, uh, I do have to make sure, as always here at the Prepared Mindset, that we say thank you to our supporting sponsors, slimfitholsters.com. If you guys need a holster, check out SlimFit. Uh, the, the team here has been running them for about uh, three months now, three, four months now, uh, and we're just blown away by the quality uh, and the fit and the finish of these holsters. Um, Sam and I both rock their Gladius appendix rig. Uh, I, I really enjoy carrying this way with the Gladius. Um, previously I was doing uh, a separate mag carrier and pistol, uh, up front and it, and it kind of worked. Uh, it wasn't really what I was looking for. You know, a lot of people really like that because of the flexibility that it allows, um, which if that's something you're looking for, you can certainly check out the guard and a mag carrier from SlimFit. But up front, um, I really like with the Gladius that it has the shock cord hinge that gives you some flexibility while not giving you enough that it's going to change the the axis of your draw for either your pistol or your magazine. They're both going to exist on that same plane. Uh, if that makes sense, uh, and allow you to build some consistency with your draw and your draw of your your spare ammo source. Um, like I said, if if you're looking for something appendix for uh, you know separate from the mag carrier, you want something attached. Their Guard Ultra is a really good option. Or if you want something for strong side, you can check out their Guard. They hooked us up with our discount code Prepared Ten. It's gonna knock off ten percent, and they were cool enough to throw in free shipping with that. So not only do you get a badass holster in whatever color combination that your heart can really dream up, right, for pretty much any pistol and light combination, but you're also going to save 10%. You're also going to get some free shipping. Really, really badass company. Again, they gave us the code PREPARED10. It's going to save you guys 10%. Hook you up with free shipping. Head over to slimfitholsters.com. Let James and crew over there take care of you guys. 
Also, mymedic.com. Guys, medical prepping is a huge part of what we talk about here and what we're going to be talking about today specifically with Conan. So if you don't have a personalized first aid kit, if you don't have an IFAC, if you don't even at least have a tourniquet that you're taking with you when you head out to do hunting, when you head out to do some fishing, snowmobiling, uh, hiking, I mean, whatever, if you don't have a, a tourniquet with you when you leave the home, uh, and I mean, for some of you that may be a, a little bit clumsy when you are in the home, uh, you're putting yourself at a specific disadvantage. Head over to MyMedic.com. They gave us the discount code MINDSET20. It's going to save you guys 20% off on your order, and you're going to be able to pick up whatever you need to keep you well-stocked and well-prepared for whatever life has to throw at you, whether it's a car accident uh, that you may be passing by, whether you're at the gun range and there's an accidental discharge and somebody gets hurt. Maybe you're just building out some kit for some some land nav, some recce, some, uh, some off-grid living, so to speak. They've got everything you need. They also have refill kits. So if you already bought a med kit from somebody else, that's fine. Head over to MyMedic. You can still use our code MINDSET20. Get a refill kit. Get some burn-specific supplies or some cut-specific supplies. Maybe you can buy a new medical kit specifically for when you're out on your boat or when you're out on the water ice fishing now that it's you know January 2022. Whatever you guys need, MyMedic.com has you covered. Again, you can use our discount code MINDSET20 to knock off 20% and head on over to our Facebook page uh, uh, for you know the prepared mindset. There is in the offer section, our affiliate link. Mind, uh, MyMedic is a affiliate partner of the prepared mindset. So if you use that link to access the site, you can still use our awesome discount code MINDSET20, but a little piece of whatever you spend is going to come back and help support the efforts of what we're doing here at the podcast. So go check that out on our offers page. Again, that's MyMedic.com. All right, guys, now we're going to get on to the discussion I had again uh, today with uh, Conan Kilgore talking about, uh, like I said, off-grid living, uh, the recce concept, all that good shit. I hope you, you really hope you guys enjoy the discussion. Check it out. Hey, man. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> it's, uh, Happy to be here. It's, it's good to have you on. And um, here's the thing is like I, I, I struggle to find oh, there's not people that, you know, don't know more than me, but just stuff that's just outside like the beaten path. That's why I was super excited when you uh, were able to, to make the time to join us, uh, you know, and talk about something more than just like flat range shooting or, um, you know, stuff that I'm active that I'm somewhat knowledgeable on because I'm kind of a novice when it comes to, I mean, I don't want to call it, just say the, the word recce because everyone, you know what I mean? That's like, <laughs> yeah, it's um, the main word now. Yeah. It's like, a, it's a dirty word now. You can't say it. <laughs> um, um, but okay, so let's. I, like, I'm, I'm excited to jump in. So um, let's start. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell the listeners uh, who you are and, and kind of what you do a little bit. And then, um, like I said, we're gonna get into it. All right. So, uh, so my name is Conan Kilgore. Uh, on the internet, I go by High Speed Hillbilly. Um, I've been in the army for three years uh, out of a five-year contract. Unfortunately, I've been uh, barred from reenlistment because of COVID. But uh, whenever I do anything. I have this like autistic urge to just do it 100%. So I got into the <laughs> army, I went infantry and I'm like, man, I really love doing infantry stuff. And it, it, it's not just work for me. You know, I do it on my off time and I, mm-hmm. I've really the past two years have been striving to achieve a level in that, that surpasses my, uh, my time in the army. 
So, and I don't want to get like too far into this, but I just want to ask, cause it, I had to deal with this today. So <clears throat> you say you've been barred from reenlistment. Is it cause you, you won't get the jab? Is that pretty much the, the yeah. long and short of it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I had to, uh, today at my, my employer, I had to scan in a copy of my, cause I, I did, I did get it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, we have until the end of the week, we have to scan in a copy of our card and like fill out this like cert mini survey and everything. I'm like, you know, Really? Is this really what we're doing right now? Like, there's yeah. not anything better we can decide. I, I mean, I think that's shitty. I think that's so stupid. But, you know, the world we live in, right? It's it's ridiculous. And, I mean, and like I said, I don't want to get too far into it. But I think, you know, if you want to get the jab, I like I said, I did. Cool. If you don't, cool, man. Like, yeah. I don't. I think we're so far enough into this. It doesn't, you know, doesn't make a damn bit of difference. But, <clears throat> so... The reason why I wanted to bring you on is uh, a lot of your your content and like you were saying, like you do for you you know your free time and your your passion really, right? Yeah. Um, it's not <laughs> what you usually see from guys in the two A space right now. You know, like you're out there, like you're carrying gear, you're covering, you're rucking, you're covering like long distances and shit. And you know, I I feel like a lot of guys talk about that. You know, myself yeah. included, I know we've mentioned on the podcast before, so we talk about it, but I feel like there's so few of us that actually do it and myself included my opportunities to get out and do that, you know, here in ultra urban, um, <laughs> Detroit, basically, yeah. um, there's not a lot of opportunity for that. Um, so I think it's, it's awesome that you do and that it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's just, it's unique. Unfortunately, um, it's kind of like overlooked, you know? Um, so how did you, I mean, you, you enlisted in the army, right? And Mm -hmm. then is this something, these skills and stuff, this is stuff you just, you picked up and when you enlisted and then grew on your own from there. So, uh, uh, like originally growing up, uh, so I come from a a pretty rural part of Tennessee. It's a pretty poor area. And, uh, I spent a lot of time outside as a kid. I was very, very fortunate that there was uh, places around me where I could uh, get off the beaten path and explore a little bit. So from a very early age, I was interested in uh, survival skills and bushcraft. And as I got older, uh, uh, my family uh, w- my family moved around a bit because um, my father was in the military as well. Uh, but when mm-hmm. I was a teenager, after my father was out, uh, we moved to Montana because he got a job out there. And Montana has some beautiful wilderness spaces. And I really got into hiking uh, when I was 19 before I joined the Army. Uh, I went and I hiked a section of the Appalachian Trail solo. Uh, I carried all my food with me when I went. I was gone for like six weeks, so it was like a 90-pound bag when I when I started, and I was like 140 pounds at the time. So I guess that there was a uh, like even before I was thinking about doing this in a tactical sense, I was I was concerned with my own capability to be able to like go out and do crazy stuff like that. And then when I enlisted it, uh, it opened up a whole host of new problems for me to think about. And that's yeah. when I really, really got into it. Do you, so, I mean, do you think with you, what you knew going in, right. <clears throat> and everything you learned uh, in the service, mm-hmm. do you think there's, I mean, would you, what would you say the biggest gaps are, you know, I mean, I know the military prepares you for, certain set of contingencies right yeah and then obviously as a civilian um recreationally let's say recreationally that's that's another set of considerations right yeah um where 
I mean, kind of, I know there's, there's obviously some overlap there with, you know, things like physical fitness, but what are some of the things that people don't think about? Like if, if I'll just, I mean, I'll just, I'll be straightforward. If I were to go out and try doing what you do, <laughs> what are some of the things that, that I'm going to miss? You know what I mean? Like essential. Th- I mean, for example, right. Um, early last year, almost a year ago now, uh, my co-host here, Sam, and I, we went with a buddy up to Northern Michigan because we're like, yeah, dude, I, I want you. Uh, Sam was a, uh, he was a TAC P in the Air Force for six yeah. years. So he's well versed in a lot of things that, that me and my buddies aren't. But uh, like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to learn land nav. He's like, well, yeah. do you know how to read a map? I go, yeah, <laughs> sure. You know, like, no problem. Um, he's like, all right, well, why don't you come by the house and we'll, you know, we'll go through it. And like, I had no idea that, you, <laughs> that, that there's like actually degrees of like, I forget the term, but like offset, right? It's like a 12 yeah. degree offset depending on the hemisphere and part of the world. Yep. So like true north isn't really going to get you where you want to yeah. go. And then it's only made worse over, you know, the more distance you cover, right? Yeah. Yeah, you got uh, you got true north grid north and magnetic north. <clears throat> right, exactly. So, I mean, if, like that, for instance, is one thing that I think people just don't even understand is – and that, that that's a thing, you know, that's something you yeah. need to understand when you're, when you're talking about navigation, but what are some of the gaps, you know, and people think that, you know, bugging out sexy, right. And they're going to just, I'm going to go hide in the Hills. Or I'm going to go bug out if, if shit falls apart here. Um, people don't really understand what that entails, you know? I think, I think the biggest thing, uh, especially when like you see now as people are like starting to get more into like load bearing kit and uh, and uh, survival and bushcraft tactics and the extra weight and the extra equipment that is uh, incumbent with that. Uh, I honestly think it's resiliency. And uh, I wish I would talk more about this on uh, on my Instagram, but it's really hard to talk about this, I feel like, without being condescending to people or coming off condescending it's like yeah you know and i'm obviously guilty of this as well because i'm like any other human who lives nowadays is like it is it is incredibly mentally taxing and it's incredibly physically taxing to walk 12 or upwards of 12 miles every day with a heavy load on uh you know really only stopping to eat and then to establish a good uh a good like patrol base or like just you know, like a little hide site for the night. You bed mm-hmm. down. You get minuscule sleep because you know maybe you and a few other guys are pulling guard shifts at night and make sure nobody sneaks up on you. To get up and do that over like long distances because chances are like if you're living in a place like you are, you know, and then yeah. you bug it out to the to the upper peninsula of Michigan, you know, like. <clears throat> you know, what if you can't take a, a car or a boat all that way, you know, and like maybe you just got to walk to the northern part of Michigan and then yeah. skirt and then skirt along that shoreline until you get to the UP. Like, dude, that's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt a lot of people. And I think I think that a lot of people are su- are surprised about what they're physically capable of doing, but they'll give up on themselves long before they they reach that limit. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, so like when we went on that trip, we spent uh, the the middle part of the day, probably a good, I mean, four or five hours. Um, we'd got up really early that morning. We went out turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, <clears throat> heard some gobbles, chased them for like three and a half hours. Didn't see shit. Um, went back and had breakfast. And like, all right, we're going we're gonna to go out. We're going to, you know, um, it was on a, 
private ranch. Uh, my friend Ryan, his family's a member there, so he knows the area really well. But there's there's certain spots that he even he hasn't been to over the 30 plus years he's been going there. So he goes, well, you know, I really want to figure out. I really want to get from this point to this point. So we got some topographic maps, you know, printed up and everything, and and, and decided what we were going to do. And like I said, we were out for you know four or five hours, and we we walked I think uh, seven or eight miles cumulatively. And it wasn't bad until we got to like the last maybe hour of it. And only really because um, Sam stopped and pointed out, well, we've walked this this much so far. And then your mind starts to put it in perspective. And it's like, yeah, you can go a lot further than, you know, because I didn't, I didn't feel that bad. Uh, and I'm not saying yeah. I'm like in great shape or anything. I'm definitely not. But um, once that, um, that like that metric, you know, was put to it, like, hey, man, it's been seven miles. And it's like, oh, well, how far do we have to go back? Another mile and a half. That was that mile and a half was the absolute <laughs> worst part of the whole thing. For sure. You know, and it's like we're close. Food is close. You know, we're gonna go back and sit down and change, go out to dinner or whatever. You know, uh, I think it's something to your point. A lot of people overlook. You know, um, and and like I said, it, your your physical health is one factor, but. I think even beyond your physical health, you got to train your mental health with stuff like this yeah. because it's um, you don't have uh, when you're out there. And, and I like it because there is nothing out there, right? It's just mm-hmm. it's quiet and clean and you're separated from the outside world. There's no TV. There's no Internet. There's no fucking cell phone bothering you and stuff. I mean, at least I turned mine off when I was out there. But yeah, um, it's just it's. We're we're trained so much now as a society um, that we need to have those things. So when it's like when you're removed from that, um, <clears throat> I mean, I think some people kind of suffer a little bit. Yeah, you know, and it starts to sure. eat away at them because they're like, okay, well, what do I do? I don't know. Um, those are things I think everybody need for mental health. You should definitely take a break from your devices. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but if you're ever in a situation like this where you do need to spend long periods of time. Um, moving right traversing you said 12 miles plus in, in a day um just e- being able to focus right being able to pay attention know when to stop to read to check and make sure you're still on the course that you plotted you yeah. know um i feel like that that in itself people's attention spans today are you can measure them in nanoseconds right yeah um it's really awful <laughs> and um I think that I mean that's that it all plays into part of it, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know? I I completely agree. Yeah. And um, I, I I do I really think that you know, and I've seen some guys, and I'm not gonna throw anybody out there specifically, right? Um, some Instagram, uh, I hate using the term influencers because I feel yeah. like it's degrading, and I kind of almost consider myself to fit into that. Um, but I mean, what other word do you use, right? So some influencers who like you know they'll they'll throw on the backpacks. <clears throat> you know, and they'll walk with a rifle and you get like a little 10 second clip or something. They're like, yeah, just out yeah. rucking today. And it's like, but were you, or did you yeah. just, I mean, like you're not, <clears throat> you don't look dirty. You're not, you're not sweaty. You don't look like you, you know, you don't look like you've been out there doing, you know, rough shit for any length of time. Uh, you know? So I think that some people have this idea that it's like, ah, it's, it's just, as long as you have some physical stamina, you'll be okay. It's like, well, you know, I mean, that's part of it. But one of the one of the things I really appreciate about my uh, about my time in the army is some of the 
absolutely wild shit that you hear and uh the like the willingness of people to be able to tell you how it is so there was a there was a time where i was a pv2 or i might have still been uh, a fuzzy just like a regular private and we were doing pt and we had this this guy who he was like dude he was like months away from terminal leave he's getting out he did his deployment he made it through he didn't care you know he's one and done contract you know he has no patience for this and we're going on a run (laughs) and it's monday morning and he has you know he drank himself into a stupor the entire weekend and uh he falls out of the run and one of the team leaders uh who was another e4 so these guys were the same rank he starts getting on this dude and uh he asked this guy if he knows what made humans uh apex predators and this guy was like, nah, man, I don't. He's like, humans were persistent uh, persistent predators. They would chase something down, and then they beat it to death with sticks after they ran at it for 30 miles. Yeah. If you can't run five miles, you're not even human. Damn. And, you know, <laughs> I, like, heard this, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's yeah. intense. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's some brutal shit, but, I mean, that's – it puts it in perspective, though, because he was yeah. right, you know, you know, yeah. 25,000 years ago, you know, some homie that you're related to, he woke up, he kissed his his wife goodbye, maybe like his third or fourth wife, and he was 25, and then he went out and stabbed something to death after he ran it to exhaustion. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, and that's, you know, when you put it in that context, you know, it, it, it kind of, in some respects, shows how far we've fallen you know, because the development of of technology and things, but, um, you know, that, that was a a standard of living for, I mean, a really fucking long time. So it, it, I think it's unfortunate that things like basic bushcraft, things like basic hunting and tracking skills have fallen so far out of, uh, normalcy, you know, I mean, and, um, and if, if you, if you remove it from like the, the tactical space, so to speak, um, you know, there's, uh, you know, hunters are, are somewhat well-versed in a lot of this. A lot of them don't have the stamina for the tactical side of it. Um, but I think that it's, it's falling out of, uh, hunting in general, I think is on the decline in, in the United States, just as like a, uh, popular pastime. And I, I, again, I think it's mostly because of development of technology. We have, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, more people like they raise their kids by putting a screen in front of them and go, here, uh, don't bother me. I'm, I'm watching TV. Here, here's your iPad. Here's your, you know, your yeah. Chromebook, whatever. Um, but those were, st- you know, those were the standards of living. You used to have to go out, you kill food. Um, you know, go out work with your hands. That's, yeah. And and we're moving away from that. And yeah, I think that the need for these kinds of skills, in at least some context or another, is starting to be uh, highlighted as you know, we're starting to see this violence across the country and everything. And like I said earlier, you know, everyone's got that sexy idea that, you know, Hey, I'm just going to bug out. I'm going to grab my kids and my, and we're going to head up North and I'm going to bug out. And it's like, okay, you know, cool. You, you, you do you. Yeah. Um, and we, we did an episode on it though. And when you start getting into what that would look like for more than a weekend, right? Like, mm, do you, do you have the food? Um, do you yeah. have uh, a way to purify water? What if you break down halfway there? Yeah. You know, then we're really getting into 
you know, off the grid living, so to speak, as you get the rest of that distance. Like you were saying, you know, if you were to, to walk from southern Michigan to northern Michigan, just as an example, right, can you do it? How, yeah. do, are you going to know where to stop or where not to stop to sleep? Yeah. You know, um, do you know how to do you know how to avoid, you know, uh, natural lines of drift? You know, how how practiced are you at setting up a, setting up a hide site? You know, are you willing to stay up a full 24 hours and or and uh, and then maybe sleep the next day? Right. Because somebody's mm-hmm. got to got to watch the wife and kids while they sleep, you know. Right. Like, and that's I mean, shit. I mean, as, um, as somebody who's going through some medical stuff right now where I, I've had to cut caffeine out of my diet altogether, you, it's kind of startling how, you know, how dependent people are on, on caffeine. Um, and it sucks cause I, I love coffee, yeah. um, you know, and I used to, uh, drink rains and stuff like every other day and everything, you know, energy drinks and shit. And, um, yeah, I mean, can, are you even physic are you physically able to, to push yourself through? Like you said, can you stay up for a full 24 hours? I honestly, I question that with a lot of people. Yeah. You know, myself included, honest. Now I'm thinking about that. Like that, that's a lot, you know, um, especially if you're under a stre- stressful circumstances, like, you know, some shit has happened and, um, things have gone awry. You had to pack everything up in a hurry or you're now headed to, you know, whatever retreat site or, or bug out location you're working on. Um, it's, it's a skill set that I, I think people kind of ignore cause it's, it's the, uh, the what if scenarios, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I don't know if I'll really, uh, if I'll ever really need to do that. So I'm going to put that on the, the bottom of the list. Um, yeah. Which in a way is hysterical, right? Cause we're all the same people that are like, oh, I carry a gun with me every day because you know, well, what if somebody shows up to shoot up the, the grocery store? And it's like, in yeah. that context, we're all about what if, yeah. but you know, I, now that we're actually seeing it happening out there in the world, now these kinds of skills, these kinds of, uh, you know, these kinds of things are becoming relevant and kind of brought to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start to see it more in social media and things. And I think one of the big things that kind of, I guess, uh, like, let's say bridges the gap on some of this is, um, and I think you talked about this in a couple of videos, um, is the, the whole concept behind the, a recce rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, so really quick, that is like a basis point for people listening that don't necessarily know what this might be a really, this is me, my poor explanation of it, but it's essentially like a 16 inch AR 15 platform rifle, 16 or 18 inch, um, with a scope on it. Like yeah. in simple, in most simplified terms, that's, that's what the, it's for. Um, it just gives you, uh, some magnified optic, uh, some magnified glass to look and reach out to, uh, longer barrels so you can reach a little bit more distance. Um, and I, it got really popular, what, like 2012 or 2014 or something? Like everyone started seeing the Mark 12 from the, the global war on terror, right? Yes. And it's yeah. like, dude, that's all I gotta have, you know? Um, and now we see it all over uh, Instagram and Facebook and stuff, right? You hashtag recce rifle. Guilty. I've, I've, I've used that hashtag. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think I use it in like every post. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's cool. You know, they're, it, it's, it's cool. And then everyone starts go, okay, well, well, what's recce? And then it's like, all right. So I start pulling in these other concepts just to validate that I have this rifle, but I don't actually do anything with it. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of ridiculous. Cause then you start, um, 
And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this as somebody who I'm, I'm assuming you've probably shot with yours while you're out doing stuff, um, whether it was for hunting or target practice or whatever. But these concepts of like mini recce rifles, mm-hmm. people are like, oh, yeah, I got this 10 and a half that I put a one to 10 on or a one yeah. to 10 magnified scope. It's a 10 and a half inch gun in, you know, five, five, six, my mini recce setup. I'm like, yeah, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, you lose all of your ballistics at like 10.3. Yeah. If the goal of the rifle platform itself, right, was to reach out to distance, why the fuck would you chop on six inches off the barrel? Yeah. So, so I'll speak to that. Um, maybe some people have seen the BRN 180 that I have, but I have a BRN 180 uh, 10 and a half inch upper. I physically don't have it here with me because it stays with my mother. Uh, my mother, uh, I think. I think her time there is ending pretty, pretty soon, but, uh, she was a store manager at a target and, uh, without doxing her, one of those cities, it was a leftist city, right? But it didn't break out in any riots, but she was worried that there might be because she knew that there was, uh, an Antifa cell working there, you know, working at a big box store perfect place to go in smash and grab you know make a statement we hate we hate capitalism right so i brought that up uh, so i brought that up there and i let her carry that in a backpack right and uh i have a i have a one to six on that and i threw the one to six on that because i literally did not have another optic (laughs) well that's a bit different you know um having a optic is better than no optic you know, yeah, and uh, I didn't have any irons to throw on it either. You know, and it's not like my mother shot before; she'd know how to use irons, but I just didn't have anything. <laughs> yeah, you got to have something on there. Um, yeah, but that, and and that's like a that's different. You know, it's like a uh, situation of circumstance versus these guys that legitimately, you know, want to go out there. And I, I it, it just it, it speaks to the ridiculousness, I think, of the community in some aspects. Yeah. You know, because it's like the practical application of a weapons platform like that is to, you know, you put the scope on it because target identification, right? Target picture. Yeah. You can, the further you can see, the more accurately you can shoot, you know, at that distance. Depending on things. the object that you have on it, uh, potentially range identification, right? You know, yeah, if, exactly. if you're working in conjunction with other units, you know, maybe your militia is really cool and you have uh, indirect fire. And, you know, you can call mortars on them or something like go. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it serves a legitimate purpose. And it, for sure. I mean, because you can do the same thing with a spotting scope or a pair of binoculars if with practice and um, use the scope primarily. Right. So that the rifle can reach out. But if yes. the capabilities of the rifle itself are such with that shorter barrel that your effective range with that 10.3 inch is what, like 250 yards, maybe. Um, <clears throat> why would you put a one to 10 scope on there? I don't uh, to, to prove that you have the money to do it. And yeah. for, like for me, when I see that stuff, like, you know, I make E4 <laughs> pay in the army. I'm like, Oh dude, that's a massive flex. I wish I could oh, yeah. spend, I wish I could spend three grand on what is essentially a toy. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. But you know, like even when you start to get a little bit longer than 10.5 because 10.5 is just absolutely abysmal for a 5.56 cartridge at least past 100 yards you know like uh like even out to 12.5 like uh you know for a while uh my my go-to rifle was an ar pistol 
legally it's an AR pistol, uh, that had a A1-6 on it, and it had a 12.5 BCM barrel, and I shot that out to 600 with regularity, like with 62 grain full metal jacket. Really? Like not, like not 77 grain, you know. I, I credit a lot of that to the to the uh, to the reticle and the glass quality, right? I was I was able to spot my hits, you know, where I where I was aiming and being able to adjust and uh, and build a dope card off of that. But you know, you could the difference between a 16 inch rifle and a 12.5 hitting at 600 is night and day. Yeah. I mean, even with the tiny little pill like 5.56, you know, shooting 62 grain. Yeah, and I mean, and I think that's, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that's something that people need to really understand is, um, you know, right tool for the right job. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, personally, I have I built I have two rifles set up. You know, one is a 16-inch with a 1-6 to six on it that, mm-hmm. you know, to, to reach out a little bit further. Um, then I have an 11 and a half that I have an EOTech on with a three-times magnifier, which may or may not come off in the future. But... You know what I mean? <clears throat> you're gonna use that shorter barrel for closer engagements, uh, stuff. Clo- you, you know what I mean? Close quarter yeah. CQB. Um, it'll be what I grab in, in in a situation where I around the house. If yeah. it ever came to that, um, and and in just like you know, you were saying, this is a AR pistol. Um, I got a folder on it and everything. So, um, you know, technically a pistol, I could throw it up or throw it in a bag and and throw it in the back of the car or something if I needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 16 inch gun is definitely what I take with me when I go, you know, I went up, uh, to Northern Michigan in the fall, set up the, the deer stand with uh, my buddy, um, got that zeroed and stuff. Uh, cause I think it was, I don't remember when we got our last stimulus check, but that's when I upgraded my optic <clears throat> instead of using it for, you know, whatever it was intended for. I went out and bought the, uh, Vortex Viper PST one to six. Yeah, I was listening to one of your podcasts. I remember you talked. Was that Concept Gray you were talking to about that? It, yeah, it might have been Tim. Yeah. 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 No, that was uh that at the time that was the most money I'd ever spent on an optic. Really? And I was. That's cool. <clears throat> oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's not that much money. Um, it, <laughs> and I was like shitting bricks about it, and I'm like, you know, looking at my wife, and she's she's great. She's like, totally supportive about it. She's like, yeah, yeah, do it for you. Go ahead. I was like, I don't know. It's so much money. Are, are you sure? <laughs> it's fine. Just shut up and do it. I'm like, okay, you know. And then my wife sounds like a doll. <laughs> oh, she's awesome. Lexi's awesome. Uh, she's been on a couple times too, and she's she's super supportive. Um, but then of course, you know, like September rolls around, I pick myself up an EOTech. Uh, and she picks up, she's like, oh yeah, I really like this one. Of course you do. Cool. That's great. <clears throat> Get you one. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, that's, you know, uh, you have different, uh, platforms set up for different uses. And I, I just, that, that it is one thing that just kills me is the mini, the mini recce and that concept oh, and like I, misunderstanding. I, like that. <laughs> I, I hate it. I'm like, you know, if it's just one of those things you're doing to fuck with people, like, cool you know i'm like I'm, I'm i'm down with that but these guys that are legitimately like yeah i run this 11 inch gun you know it's my do everything rifle can reach out and like can it really do you really understand what you're trying to do here so you know, you know like we were talking about with like physical fitness and like uh mental toughness and stuff like that you know like putting things in perspective how far like how far am I really going to be able to shoot somebody who's moving, right? Because I've been I've been uh, in the prone supported, like in a natural position, 
Uh, the farthest I've shot out with my 13.7, which is the one that I take all the pictures with now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the farthest I've shot out with that was 654 yards. I went out and set up the targets and then walked back to my site and then uh, laser range funded it uh, or found it afterwards. Right. So, yeah, you know, it was like trying to create an organic distance. Right. Mm-hmm. So I set them up. I set up two uh, one third uh, Ipsic size or two third uh, Ipsic size uh, steel targets at 654. You know, so a little bit smaller than the average man's chest. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, that's what I have. And I uh, shot them uh, once I knew where I was hitting, hitting them with like regularity, same thing, 62 grain full metal jacket pills, right, with a 13.7. Like those guys start moving, if they start bounding, right, how far, how far can out can I actually hit them? I'm going to say moving target, how far I'm actually going to hit them. They're probably going to be at like 200 yards before I can, I can score a shot that's going to put them down or incapacitate them. Right. An 11 and a half inch with a one to six on it. Right. Trying to do the exact same thing. Now you're running into all the different uh, problems that you have, like just losing two inches off the barrel with the amount Mm -hmm. of velocity that you lose in five, five, six. Like you might even score the same hit that I do, but your bullet doesn't reliably fragment and just goes through and through. And he doesn't even notice it because he's so hawked up. And adrenaline and running and just yeah. everything that's going on. <clears throat> yeah. And that's, and, and that's, you know, people, you need to understand the performance of your, your rifle and, and your ammo. Right. Cause I mean, uh, your, your range ammo, 62 grains, 77 grain. If you get, if you got like, you know, premium ammo, it's going to perform yeah. differently. Um, and most of us just, I mean, y- you shoot the cheap shit, right. Cause it's the range and you don't want to spend a bunch of money on, good ammo for the range you know so yeah especially stuff being like they are oh it's it's uh <clears throat> it's pretty fucking awful i don't know how things are by you but um i haven't even sniffed a box of nine mil in like it's been a while i mean it's not exactly true okay like two weeks before thanksgiving i saw them for 24 bucks at the local like bass pro and i was like fuck you i'm not paying <clears throat> 24 dollars for a box of 50 um other Jesus. than that other than that one sighting i have not seen any nine millimeter ammo uh since basically since lockdown and in covid all set in you know like march 2020 april 2020 uh, when i want to say the last time i bought uh i bought nine mil ammo uh, i bought a whole bunch of like wolf steel cased 50 round boxes in like l- early 2020 and mm-hmm. I don't even remember how much it cost me, and I've been cruising off that, and I'm like down to my last like two boxes. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, not good. And, well, I mean, luckily it's starting to come back around, at least availability wise. So it's, I mean, yeah. we we're finally able to start getting uh, five five six here. Um, it's like yeah. almost, it's not quite, but it's almost double what it was. So like that, like eight or nine dollar box of twenty, you know, uh, Winchester yeah. white box, whatever. Um, is now like thirteen ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine. Um, yeah, but same. it, but there's a shitload of it. You know, you can readily find it almost anywhere you go. So, I mean, I'll take that as a win, <clears throat> um, at least for now. A little victories. Yeah. So, I mean, and let me ask you that now, because I know you load up when you go out. Um, yeah. 
how much ammo do you tip would you typically be carrying with you um and what does that weigh approximately because a lot of these guys they load up we all load up right you got the you got three mags across the chest and one in the gun and it's like yeah or some people are i'm probably gonna offend somebody with this but i don't, I don't fucking care like you're one of those dumbasses that wants to go like too deep all the way around your body and stuff with like one of the cheap ass condor carriers and stuff and i'm like why do you need that much? I don't think you really understand what you're doing. And where are you going to carry water or snacks? <laughs> you know, so, I mean, like, I'm a bigger guy. I like snacks. Like, that's important to me. Yeah. I think especially when you're like, when you're like laying down and you're observing something, or if you're, you know, laying down and like pulling guard uh, behind a weapon at night, like, dude, have have something in your pocket, right, that you can munch on silently. It will mm-hmm. it will help keep you awake. Even just the smell will help keep you awake. Any kind of stimulus or stimulation yeah. at all. But uh, so normally, uh, I carry 400 or a little bit over 420 rounds. Uh, nice. <laughs> because uh, so 210 rounds, uh, standard combat loadout as far as like U.S. Army doctrine, right? That's six uh 30 round mags on your person. 130 round mag in the gun, right? I carry double of that, you know, because if you're a civilian, you're your own sustainment. Like a UH-60 mm-hmm. isn't going to come out of the blue and drop a body bag full of ammo for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're, no, no help is coming. So you got to be yeah. your own backup plan. <clears throat> exactly. And, uh, dude, I don't even know how much that weighs, but I know it's noticeable. That oh, That's yeah. the thing, right? So... With my 20-round mag coupler, I want to say, because it's a 20 and a 25-round, so I want to say I end up carrying about 435 or 445. I don't know. Quick math. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot. And, and that's, I mean, and here's the thing. like, And I, I do this, and I'm kind of shitting on myself a little bit. Like, as, one of the, as a guy who dry fires a lot, and I practice out of my, <clears throat> excuse me, out of my plate carrier or my uh, chest rig and stuff or just a belt. Yeah. With empty magazines. It is drastically different <laughs> once you load those things up. Um, I took my first uh, rifle class uh, in August this year and just mm-hmm. running around with a battle belt with loaded mags was wildly different than anything I had done practicing on my own. Um, and I wasn't even like full on sprinting at any points during any of the movement we were doing. Yeah. Um, and even that was just enough for me to realize like, yep, your belt needs to be way fucking tighter. It needs to be sized differently and you carry it above your hips or, you know, like there's just yep. so many things that I don't think people realize cause they don't get out there and, and do it, you know, and yeah, put that context sure. to it. Um, you know, like everyone loves the look of the, you know, I mean like plate carriers, right? Yeah. <clears throat> everyone wants to have a plate carrier cause it looks sexy and you saw you know, the guys on TV with it or, you know, some of the guys on Instagram, like, I mean, it does like plate carriers are cool. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I don't think that cause I definitely do. I love my plate carrier. Um, I love my JPC, man. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. Ex- but then you get out there and you do it. And like after when I went out doing land nav and then when I went back up this fall to set up the deer stand, just running a chest rig, mm-hmm. way more comfortable, yeah, way lighter for you sure. can move easier. Um, I forgot it was there. You know, the second trip, uh, when I upgraded, I got myself one of the, um, the Spiritus, uh, what is it? Mark eight, whatever, um, the Spiritus placard, whatever, which yeah, is their, their H yeah, harness the and stuff. Ones, yeah. 
yeah, I, I ran that with like a radio and I like a med kit on there and like tourniquet and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I think I filled up the pouch with uh, snacks and bottles of water, you know, like whatever, just threw some shit in there. Um, that was, I mean, honestly, we were out there for probably a good four hours. I forgot it was there. Um, you can tighten it down to your body and everything. So it's not super uncomfortable, but it's not going to, you know, it's not like bouncing around and everything. Yeah. Honestly, I think more people need to look at chest rigs. You know, yeah, especially sure. if you're like with a backpack or something. Yeah. I, uh, so my, my current squad leader right now, absolute wild guy, uh, been deployed a bunch of times, spent a lot of time at the National Training Center. Uh, I think he did like 38 rotations at NTC, the National Training Center in California. Wow. Yeah. He's, he's nuts. He's been shot in the chest killed people uh when he was a private he he got an awesome opportunity on his first deployment to be like attached to sf and he said he was basically just a pack mule for him but sometimes he got to shoot at people and he's <laughs> he, he, he's got a confirmed kill he's like so that was cool but uh he's he's like no shit been shot right uh he got shot when he was with sf guys you know he mm-hmm. was like super lucky that that happened and uh he he's all about he's like oh my god i wish we could ditch out tvs he's like even even knowing what i what i've been through i would i would wear just my just my flick you know like the vest that we have fighting mm-hmm. load carrier like he, he's like i would i would just rock rock that in combat all day and take my chances really <laughs> yes <laughs> wow i mean and, and yeah, you know, he's been I'm in- the people who are the complete opposite too but you know still well, no, I mean, if he's been in the context of the situation and, you know, I mean, hey, it says something, you know, yeah. um, and I, I honestly, I, I, I like that the chest rig thing is finally starting to come around a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think it, unfortunately, I think so much of it's just driven by popular opinion and not necessarily by quality uh, information or quality educational content that's out there. Um, yeah. You, know, you start to see some of these bigger names uh, in the, I don't want to say the industry, maybe just the community, whatever, yeah. like T-Rex Arms, right? They roll out with their new chest rig and all of a sudden everyone's got to have it. You yeah. know, it's like, I'm um, waiting for this. Dude, I am waiting for T-Rex Arms to come out with like some revamped style of Alice gear belt. I'm like, yeah, I get your T-Rex Arms sustainment rig. And I'm like, all right, well, this I, in two years, it's not going to be cool anymore. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah. And that's, that's the struggle. And I, you know, um, even me personally, uh, like I like what they do. I think they make good, uh, good kit and, um, obviously quality content. They're very, um, we put out high quality information, things like that. And they're doing a lot of great things for the community. Um, but I think that uh, a lot of the decisions and things like that people make now are based more on popularity than what they, than what their end use goal is um, you know i mean you're, you're saying you have a cry jpc and do cry or die you know that used to be like yeah that was, like the gold <laughs> yeah, yeah that was the price yeah that's the gold standard and then all of a sudden now like here we are two three years later whatever um now it's like everything's about the slick carriers and the elastic cummerbunds and um yeah. how stripped down you can get with this stuff and it's like cool um but like you said in two years that's all going to be different because you have these same guys that are turning and it's already starting to some extent these guys now putting like um 
you know, Eagle uh, chest rigs and stuff clipped onto their, um, you know, TRX AC1s or whatever. Like, And it's like, okay, so yeah. now you're just kind of going full circle back to the fully built out, um, you know, vests and, and, and carriers and stuff over armor that we yeah, were moving away that, from a couple years ago. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, so I, I've used military equipment, right? And the, the IOTVs that I've used, right, that was the the reason why the DOD asked for them to be a certain way when they, you know, when they were soliciting the contract and like uh, selecting these things to for general issue to soldiers is, you know, they took what they learned from uh, from the sustained firefights that we had in like Iraq and the early days mm-hmm. of Afghanistan. And they're like, this is what it needs to have. It needs to have soft armor. It needs to have plates. It needs to have the ability to have soft armor in the sides plus soft armor in the uh or sorry plus hard armor in the sides right it's got to be able to carry a shit ton of stuff right and you you put this on you're like okay i haven't even put on my ruck yet and i'm already (laughs) and i'm already over the minimum standard of weight that you need to be able to ruck to get into the army you know with water and ammo and all that stuff like that yeah and that's when I absolutely just threw that thing in a in a tough box, and I'm like, I will use my JPC, and I will get chewed out literally every time I go to the field for using it because I would rather wear it. <laughs> really? So you'd train with that over what you were supplied? Yeah, and I've, I've been yelled at uh, a whole bunch of times about <laughs> it, you know, because it's about uniformity, right? You know, I show, yeah, up my J- yep. I show up with my JPC. And I'm like, why do you want to act different, Kilgore? Why do you want to be different? And I'm like, oh, well, I am first, sorry. Right? It's like, okay, well, why don't you skull drag, dude? <laughs> I don't know that I want to be different, I, but I definitely <laughs> want to be smarter. You know, yeah. and, and I get it. You know, the uniformity thing, it is it is what it is. And they it, don't, you it's know. It's about he, professional appearance. It's not about whether or not you're actually good at your job. <laughs> see, and that's one of those things that kills me, too, is like, it's... It, it, it for whatever reason i always i come back to that like oh well, we're doing it this way it's like well why this way is better it's like well because what we've always done or yeah. you know well why are we doing this because i said so you know what i mean it just it's so counterintuitive sometimes with um with some with some things that's you know in the i, I never served but um yeah. i've heard those kinds of things about the military and i definitely experience it in the civilian world mm, uh, you know sure. i work in finance all the time And it's like, you know, people just can't hear that there's a better way or a different way. And I, you know, you got to kind of think about big picture, like there's financial ramifications, right? To re-outfit your entire, you know, unit with JPCs is, and they're not as expensive as they used to be. They're about 200 bucks, which is actually pretty affordable, relatively speaking, you know, compared to what they were. But 200 times, you know, however many guys you got, and it's like okay that shit starts to add up pretty fucking fast and then where do you get the money and it it always comes down to the dollar and stuff so i get it in some to some extent right with the military and law enforcement because it's all budgetary yeah but i really don't understand why people don't take a more objective view of those kinds of uh those kinds of decisions right in the civilian world where you don't have to you know do what the next guy's doing it's like you know, you go out and buy a slick plate carrier that doesn't have clips or anything on it. And then it's like, well, cool, but that's not going to work for, yeah. you know, if you want to go do X, Y, Z. I hope you're wearing it underneath a suit and tie, dude. I hope you're, I hope you're, you know, working security at some concert venue with it yeah. and not like gunfighting with it. 
Yeah, and it's not like load bearing. You can't. A lot of these that come out right now, because um, I, I mean, I try to be as utilitarian, with, at least now. When I started, I kind of lacked the foresight and and wherewithal to to do the research to make better purchases, right? No, that's um, everybody, I think. Yeah, I mean, and that's why we talk a lot about, you know, do the research and figure out what's going to work right for you and your needs. Don't just go out there and, pardon the pun, pull the trigger on on the cool thing that you saw in the video. Uh, and sometimes it can't be helped, right? You're just like, I got to have it, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, like clone that's rifles. That's modern for you. Yeah, I mean, it's, but go do the research um, and figure out, like, you want something that's you're going to be able to load up and, and put uh, a back panel on or attach a backpack to because you think that's that 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 function is something that you might essentially need, then look at carriers that can do that, something that is either covered in molly like a JPC or like, um, like the Spiritus uh, carrier that you can zip stuff up onto and everything. Yeah. I think uh, Haley Strategic just released one that might be able to do that too look at those cut out the stuff like the original you know pharaoh slickster um the t-rex ac1 because those those aren't designed to be load bearing short of you know like yeah, a the, magazine the, rack on the front th- this is something that i've i've like not recently it was like last year i was super hard on myself about because i was wearing my plate carrier all the time i was almost never wearing my chest rig i mm-hmm. I didn't. I was always wearing a battle belt. I didn't have enough on my plate carrier back then to just run the bare minimum off of, like six max plus, like a little bit of a little bit of like gray area in there to like put other stuff that I might need. Right. I didn't have yeah. that back then, and I was like, I took like a real hard look at everything. I was like, am I am I running what is actually good for me? What is what my job actually is, or Am I running some stuff that, like, I saw some soft guys running? Am I setting my kid up like that? And I took, like, a hard look at everything, and I just tore everything off and just set it all back up differently. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and it's, I mean, we're, we, I feel like it's human nature. You just, you emulate what you like, you know, and, like, how I went and took, uh, again, when I took that rifle class in uh, August, I mean, I just, I brought a belt because they said, you know, you had to be able to carry one magazine with you for some of the drills, you know, reloads and everything. I was like, all right. You know, and at the beginning of the class, I was like looking around, I'm like, I'm the only one wearing a belt. I don't want to be that guy that's trying too hard. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I wasn't, you know, thankfully I, I felt pretty good about everything and it was functional. And then I had a guy in the class who had like this, I don't even know what brand it was, like a full chest. Rig. He was a solid dude. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, I mean, he had like the full chest rig on and like chem lights like stuck in between the molly and stuff and like mm. just all kinds of extra shit. Like, dude uh, and he was wearing a battle belt with the drop leg I'm like all right cool i mean if you're wearing your belt and it's got that on it like i did i had my drop leg on or my um the safari land uh you know mid-ride uh yeah yeah so like that, that's attached ride. yeah yeah and that's attached to my my belt so i didn't feel too terrible about that and the instructor did and, and um but this guy was rocking the belt and the chest rig and i'm like all right dude if you have the chest rig for your extra mag source do you really need the belt right now and do you definitely need them both together in a class that's only for carbine and it's like you know probably not i mean yeah and again he's solid dude cool guy good shooter Um, just running it for the white you know yeah i mean but it's it's one of those things where i think people they just they dress it up to look like the stuff that they see online like 
this wasn't a low light course. Like, we do with the chem stick, bro. We're not clearing rooms or, or you yeah. know, kicking doors or anything. Like, uh, what is that for? It's sexy on IG, my man. That's why. <laughs> well, that, that's, I mean, that's what counts. That's what's really important, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like I go out and, like, you know, air quotes around this recce. You know, I go out yeah. and do all this recce stuff. But like, dude, I don't I don't take pictures while I do that because nobody wants to see a picture of me low crawling with my head in the dirt, desperately trying not to lose my Pharaoh Concepts hat. Nobody oh, wants dude. to see that. Yeah, we do, man. Come on, you gotta you gotta get that for the gram, bro. <laughs> like nobody like nobody wants to see me get up to my hide side after low crawling for 150 meters after I was crab walking for like 150 meters. And just see my face absolutely covered in sand. Nobody wants to see that. They're going to be like, why did this dude do this? You know, then I got dudes who don't know I'm in the military because, you know, I don't have it on my on my profile out there calling me a LARPer. I just don't want to put up with it, you know. Yeah. So that's why after everything is done, you know, I go off and I, I take a sexy picture. You know, I dedicate <laughs> half an hour to an hour to taking something that looks good. And, you know, it mm-hmm. makes my shoulders look big. And then sure. I post the story about the things that I did that absolutely weren't sexy and don't look heroic at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's, I mean, it's kind of like the ends justify the means type deal. Cause you, you want to build a following and I think it's important that you do that stuff. So, um, you share that information with people, right? Cause like I said, you're out there actually doing this and learning, you know, like, Hey, that plant has thorns all over it. So don't crawl through that if you can avoid it, you know, stuff that people just don't realize are like, um, if you're not getting out of the house and just experiencing nature and stuff, there's just, there's so much to learn out there. You know, like I used to be, uh, I used to go out and disc golf, um, recreationally with my brother and my friends and stuff. Like I hadn't, and I mean, it's kind of lame now. I don't really, I'm actually, I, I'm selling all my gear. This is like the third or fourth time I mentioned on this podcast. I don't even care um, because I'm so happy about it. I'm selling all my disc golf stuff to finance my new gear purchases. Like oh, I sold yeah. enough of it to, uh, to buy a suppressor on black Friday, um, which was awesome. Uh, I only got like nine more months to go ish, something like that. <laughs> um, Thanks. Government. Yeah. Um, I am almost to the point between selling the other stuff and then I won my fan or second place in my fantasy football league that like buy new plates, like level four plates and a new carrier and stuff. Heck yeah. Um <clears throat> but like getting out and experiencing the outdoors while disc golfing, like I know what a stinging nettle was. And it's like, oh yeah, I mean it just looked like another plant that I would like walk through or stomp through to try and like find my disc because I suck at that game and I don't have great accuracy. <laughs> and uh <laughs> My brother actually um, was like, oh, yeah, I see your disc. Here. I'll grab it for you. And he he stepped, like, right on one, like, bare leg and everything. I'm like, what are you freaking out about? And he's like, it's a stinging nettle. I'm like, I don't know what that is. You're speaking Chinese to me right now. He's like, okay, listen, look at this thing. He shows me. He's like, if your skin comes in contact with it, it's going to feel like shit. And this is what's going on. And you're fucking welcome. Here's your Frisbee. Let's go. You know, and <laughs> so I didn't personally have to suffer through that. Um, he did for me, which was awesome. Yeah. I don't think he meant to do it to make it a learning. I'm actually, I'm positive. He didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. you know, that's one of those things you learn. Like, hey, don't go crawling through a bunch of that shit, you know, yeah. if you can avoid it. Um, yeah. That's... You know, say maybe you should. Maybe next time you are, uh, you know, low crawling through some bullshit, you should stop. Take a picture for the gram. Like, hey, just so everybody knows, I'm out here doing it for real. (laughs) 
but I mean, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff people I like. I, I actually feel if it wasn't you know fucking thirty degrees outside, I actually feel inspired to go out and do more of just having this conversation. Yeah. Um, and and awesome. you know, learning to deal with the out. I don't want to say deal with the outdoors because it's not a bad thing, but yeah. deal with those kinds of you know environments and the challenges yeah. that come with them. Um, and and having an idea to appropriately play, even things like like how many people don't own a real pair of boots yeah you know with ankle support and you know spoiler alert this was like me a year ago um you know yeah real boots that are at least water resistant have high ankle support um yeah you know are you and and fit properly you know because like yeah. some um like hiking shoes or something with like Merrells and stuff that are real or Keens that are real popular are comfortable for a lot, some recreational stuff, but not everything, you know, like, if, like if people like look at my post, they'll, they'll notice a lot that I'm wearing, I'm wearing Altima's, uh, the, uh, they're like maritime assault mid. I hate the name. It's super like who well, the, um, the Converse's they look like yeah. Converse. That's yeah. They're Chuck, actually, yeah. They're Chuck Taylor's. Yep, yeah, I have uh, a pair of the low ones, and then I bought a pair of the high top ones for what uh, on the sale. I think I got it for like fifty five bucks. Um, nice. but I bought it for when I when I wear out the low tops, and yeah, it's been like two and a half years, and those things are actually they're going pretty fucking strong. I'm actually kind of pissed because I want to get to the new pair. <laughs> I uh, so I get people look on on my pictures and they're looking at feet for some god awful reason. I notice that I'm wearing those right, and. Mm-hmm you know like maybe that's a really bad example but i i'm a little bit of a niche case you know at risk of sounding like a you know southeastern american uh stereotype is like i kind of went barefoot a lot as a kid and i i'm lucky that i have pretty tough feet as an adult and i can like i can get away with having super shitty shoes you know Mm -hmm. for like what i'm doing i I'm kind of like part Billy Goat, right? I can like drink out of un- unfiltered water sources, and I can walk up mountains. Yeah, and it's just because like I was lucky with the growing, with the the kind of upbringing that I had as a kid. You know, where my parents didn't care if I didn't come mm-hmm. back for extended periods of time. Which you know, most people in their mid twenties now they didn't grow up like that. They grew up with helicopter parents who were worried about them getting oh, like, yeah. raped and murdered. Yeah, yeah, that that uh, that hover parenting and and I mean. It's something I think footwear in in general, right? Especially when you were talking about the you know recce and and hiking and rucking and everything. Like, um, it's it's overlooked quality footwear and just foot care in general. I mean, I don't know if you ever seen the movie. Um, I think it's We Were Soldiers with Mel Gibson yes. and Sam Elliott, and they make uh, like a really dramatic point of uh, during one of the hikes or exercises uh, of pointing out one of the leaders stopping and like. Hey, everybody check each other's feet, you know, everybody dust them with powder and change your socks and everything. It's like, oh, that boy's a real leader. He's going to get his men through this. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you can't, I mean, if you can't walk into battle, you can't fight. And if your feet are fucked, you can't, you know, you can't walk. And um, I think it was my dad said it to me once when I was growing up. I found it was like really profound. It's like, you know, God gave you one set of feet and that's all you ever get to so take care of them. You yeah. know, so try to have good footwear and, um, I remember watching what he went through because he actually had that whatever, like that big ball knuckle joint, whatever of your mm-hmm. your foot, right? He had those cut out and replaced, uh, you know, on both feet because his were 
so bad. And that happened to him when he was, when I was in high school, so I think his early 40s. Dang. You know, and they they had already gotten that bad. Um, and because he had gone, he went barefoot for years and years and years. And my grandparents didn't have the money to get him like even decent shoes and stuff. And, um, you know, so if this is something, getting back to the real point here, <laughs> um, if this is something that you're preparing yourself for, and this is stuff that you want to spend time doing, I mean, you know, like maybe take a look at you know your 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 footwear. You know, I mean, yeah. it sounds like you're in a pretty good shape. You know, genetically predisposed. To, to durable feet um i, yeah, I definitely like that. yeah I, yeah I, I mean but that's definitely more the exception than the rule and i think that yeah. you know if you can't walk you know you're whether it's from yeah. a gunshot or because your feet are so fucked from the shitty yeah. uh, shoes you got it makes no difference then you have I, to be uh, carried i i got a buddy who uh he's he's like way different from me uh he's he's tall right so he's got long feet uh he's like a he's not like a skinny guy you know like he's built he's Mm -hmm. he's lean right but he's never gonna be like some gigantic bodybuilder looking dude right and you know he's got real like slim slender feet to go along with his frame you know he's like all proportional his feet just get ate alive anytime we go to the field right you know he's not a wimp about it you know he, he takes the necessary precautions but like you know i can go like two three days straight sweating in my boots and i take my i take my uh my socks and shoes off and i dry them off and i powder them you mm-hmm. know i sleep for you know three or, or four or five hours on them right and I'm, boom good to go i'm lucky like that him man like we're uh we're we're mounted infantry right and he's had the unfortunate position of having to be a gunner for an extended period of time like he will sit in the turret so long and not be able to take his boots off that he'll take them off. And there's just heaps of dead skin on it. And he's got to take super meticulous care of his feet out there. You know, maybe that's you and you don't want to wait until the absolute worst situation to find that out. You know, you take your shoes off after bugging out for, you know, 36 hours. You're like, Oh, okay. I have no durable skin on my feet anymore because it all peeled off with my sock. Yeah, that's oof. just thinking about that. I that I oof, no, you yeah. know, footwear and um and socks. You know, really in my mind, like there's there you're outside, you're on your feet for anywhere from four hours plus, really. But especially once you break like that eight hour mark, yeah. there is n- like hardly anything that feels better than a fresh pair of clean like socks, and I people don't think about it you know like you see people post stuff online or talk about stuff and it's like your survival kit and everything you need to get and it's like i you know you never see like fucking uh spare boxers and spare socks and i'm like yeah the two things that are going to make you feel human again after all that and you don't got them in there do you uh do you know what uh charger quarters is i don't i don't so so charger quarters uh I don't know what else it's called in the other uh, branches, but in the Army, Charger Quarters is like, hey, man, you are going to watch the barracks for a 24-hour period, and you are required to stay awake for that 24-hour period. Uh, right around about the, the like, 10, 11-hour mark, I will take, like, five minutes because I live in the barracks. I'll go back up to my room, take my boots off for a minute, put new socks on, and it makes all the freaking difference. 
It really does. Like just sitting behind a desk, yeah. you know, for however many hours, just sweating in your boots, you know, putting fresh socks on really does make a difference. It it's, really does. Yeah. I mean, and I used to. And having um, wool socks too. Well, yeah, quality socks, not like the thin, shitty ones. Like even like Hanes aren't really that great, but they are good enough, you know, that that'll make the difference. Or if you have like some nice Marina wool, something that's really going to give a little bit of cushion, you know, um, it makes all the difference. And, um, you know, when I was in high school and then honestly, basically since from high school till now, I was involved a lot with, uh, the marching band activity where Mm -hmm. we would spend, you know, I would go to camp with the kids and stuff and rain or shine, you're there to get some stuff done, and you're outside yep. for 14 hours, 15 hours. Um, and there were days when it would. I mean, I remember my things. My sophomore year, high, sophomore year of high school, it didn't stop raining for the whole fucking week. Oh um, yeah. You know, and none of these kids. I mean, everyone has like, uh, you know, cross trainers on, so they're not waterproof. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you got through the first two days, and everybody's shoes just soaked, completely saturated yeah. to the point where it's like they'll never dry out. And you said kids started sitting out because they didn't change their socks on breaks and stuff. And then the, the pads of your feet start getting that like wrinkly dead skin thing going on. And then they start cracking and yeah. it's, dude, it is It'll tear you it's up quick. awful. And even as somebody like when the weather here changes, um, usually like spring to summer and then summer to fall, if I don't stay on top of it with, you know, like some, um, vaseline lotion or something like that like my uh like my heels will crack and Mm. it's dude it sucks like even just walking around the house that sucks i can't imagine having to spend a whole day doing anything like dedicated action um having to move you know miles and miles and miles dealing with that um and luckily i haven't had to (laughs) but people don't think about that stuff and it's like just throw a little thing like the travel container vaseline like you got a go bag whatever you know i got Yeah, I got six. Uh, I got six mags of nine millimeter here. I got you know uh, a respirator. I've you know got all this shit right, and it's like okay, well, where's your like toiletry bag? Do you have you yeah know, extra socks, lotion? Uh, how about some toothpaste? Because I mean, yeah. shit gets gnarly. You know, like just yeah. basic fundamentals. Yeah, if you want to be out there for a week and have a freaking toothache, knowing that you can't go back and get it checked out, that'll be fun. Dude, some of that shit too is is that's like that's real unbearable. I don't know if you ever had like uh, any kind of abscess or anything. I did when I was a kid, dude, I couldn't yeah. even, I couldn't sleep with that shit. I can't imagine being, you know, out in the field with something, with something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the kind of stuff people overlook, you know, and that you can't cover every contingency, but for sure, don't be so short sighted to only look at, you know, what you need for your weapon system, because yeah. I mean, you can't eat your ammo. You can't, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It is. It's incredibly short-sighted. This is good because it's like a reality check for me, you know, you know, being in the Army and going through boot camp, right? You know, like, first of all, I love boot camp. Uh, it's like a little cult that you get to be a part of, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's super cool, except you don't do, like, weird cult stuff like sacrificing kids or anything like that. Instead, you, really? like, Because, you know, I heard some stories. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's some kids to kill themselves. Uh, you don't actually sacrifice them. <laughs> Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That being said, definitely wouldn't go through basic again. Couldn't put up with it again, knowing what's on the other end of it. But, like, it's fun. 
kind of looking back because it's like a cult. And like one of the things that they really, really harp on, you know, because one, because these drill sergeants are working these horrible hours and it's a thankless job and they're never going to see you after they finally get you to being some semblance of a hopefully a, at least a par soldier. Right. And then you're then you leave. Right. And like yeah. one of the things that they really, really harp on is hygiene, because it's not just about, you know, the professional appearance and looking like a professional soldier, looking lethal, looking like a killer. It's mm-hmm. also like, dude, do you want an ingrown hair in your face when you're out in the field for a week? No, you don't. Do you want your teeth to be rotting now when you're out in the field? Do you want your buddy's teeth to be rotting now when you have to go talk to him? Like, put up mm. with that. You know, do you want your... Yeah. Do you want all of this to do you want all of these horrible body conditions? Because, you know, when you're just laying out in the prone in the rain for a few hours and you have no choice but letting it just soak into your body and you just got to freaking deal with it because like that's the reality of the situation. And moreover, like that was the reality of life for extended periods of time. If you were like if you were going to kill whatever you were trying to eat that day or that week, like you're going to put your your body in austere conditions and you need to make sure that you you care for it properly because you're not you're not like a stone monolith you're like a leather boot out there you're gonna yeah. need to care for you know no, that's a that's a good so, way to put so it. that's a big blind so blind blind spot for me you know i just like i realized that or i don't realize that you know maybe some some people haven't spent six weeks on the appalachian trail and just don't know that you should like take your boots off at night or something like that yeah Yeah. well i think in i mean i don't know how realistic a fear it is i'm sure people have fears of you know oh if i take my shoes off some animal is going to come like bite my toe or something and like people want to sleep as covered up as they can um that's me like that would be my first thing like (laughs) i don't know like i i have like this um this irrational fear of getting bit by a snake like we even have snakes here in michigan other than like one or two like you know uh, species of snake in northern michigan and only one of them i think is <clears throat> is actually poisonous but like i total irrational fear i'm like nope nope not doing it nope i gotta worry about like i check my boots and everything when i yeah. take them on and off and stuff and i'm like just looking you know or um i went i actually when i got married we went out and did it out in vegas and i remember having this discussion with my wife because uh my father-in-law has lived in like texas and uh, new mexico and florida and stuff and i'm like hey do you think i gotta be worried i saw this thing on tlc once about like scorpions and people's shoes and stuff it's just like a total irrational fear i have of animals that can sting and bite me i'm like i would be one of those guys that i'd have to like have somebody tell me like hey man take your shoes off you'll be fine don't worry about it yeah yeah you know so people don't know and it's (laughs) It, I think it makes total sense, but you know, hearing you talk about it, it's probably one of those stupid things. You're like, dude, you'd be fine. Just shut up and fucking take off your shoes. <laughs> uh, so it's funny that you mentioned that. Every field problem, every every morning when I get up, or every time I have to get up in the middle of the night for guard or anything like that, the first thing I do is I take my hand and I stick it in my boot. I make sure there's nothing in there. See, it's not just me then. There you go. I, I, and, and, you know, it's not like I'm scared of spiders or snakes or anything like that. The only thing that I'm really terrified by is heights. I hate heights. When I had to do air assault school here, oh, my God, I thought I was going to murder myself. I was going to commit sewer slide. Have you? Have, but have you ever actually found anything in your boot when you checked? I've not. But see, other guys have. 
And uh, it's okay. like one of those things. It's like, listen, man, would I rather have a sting on my middle finger from a scorpion that's not going to kill me anyways, or do I want a sting between my toes that I'm going Ooh, to have to no. walk on all freaking day? You know, no, it's like a risk reward. Yeah. Take yeah, the it's finger. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like dude i because like you know finger you can look at it you know you can cut it open and like you know drain it you know mm-hmm. whatever you know it's way easier to care for you know and like you can do it on like a short haul like you take a knee you like take your glove off you're like okay looking pretty good you know when we stop next time i'll put some neosporin from the boo-boo kit yep. on it you know well it's the whole ordeal <laughs> it won't be trapped in a boot with sweat and stuff for hours on end. you know that's yeah. i mean obviously sweat's not good for any kind of open wound but no i mean i yeah it might be an irrational fear i but that actually makes me feel a little bit better that i'm not the only one that's like you know hey i'm, I'm gonna look for that the snake or spider whatever that might be just you know hanging out chilling and uh trying to ruin my day before it even gets started you know when i i also uh i i take a I take my shoes and I put them in my bivy sack with me and I'll, uh, I'll sleep with my feet up on, on the boots because I don't in, in the army, it's called a post pad, right? You know, it's the, it's the foam or the air pad that keeps you elevated from the ground. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. You know, I, I don't oh, no. use that just because it's, it's too much bulk. I'm like, no, I got to look professional. I got to be sleek. I am not carrying that darn thing around. You will not make me. I will sleep on the I will sleep on the ground, you know. Do you yell that for that too? Huh? Do you yell that for that one too? No, I don't get yelled at for that one because <laughs> in the infantry, you know, like there's this whole there's this whole thing, and, and I'm guilty of it too. It's like you have to project an air of menace and uh and like like a pure killer vibe, which obviously looking at my baby face is not super convincing and that's why i wear a neck gaiter right you know because i'm not allowed to cover this up with a beard so i you know i'll wear a neck gaiter to give myself a little bit of a menacing appearance you know when we're yeah. actually like running lanes doing stuff but you know part of that is like no you're just gonna you're gonna sleep on the ground you're gonna be laid out super quick in the morning you're going to be packed up super early and not everybody is uh, ascribes to this but like i i think that it's important i think that like even just being in the army uh if you're around other mos's right if you're around like tankers or mechanics or something like that a point of pride for you as an infantryman is you should be up standing in the cold acting like it doesn't freaking affect you because you're an infantryman and ostensibly if the nation calls on you there's going to be a time where you're going to get within five feet of a dude and you're going to shoot him in the face yeah. <laughs> you know? so, you've got to be hard so w- with the gear that you take with you for things like that and then what you do on your own personal time like what because what do you carry in your pack if you were to go out on your own um like for an overnight trip right mm-hmm. and and camp outside and everything um you know what is what would you say so, like what's the bare minimum you would take with you in your pack in terms of you know just uh i don't want to call it comfort gear but um you know what would you take with you in your pack cuz see a lot of guys that that look at this kind of thing you know, you see like, oh, I got to have a, an air mattress and here's the pump for the air mattress. And I'm going to take extra batteries for everything, which they don't think, you know, th- those things weigh a fucking shitload. Like take what you yeah. need, but 
you yeah. watch it, um, water and stuff. So what do you, what do you typically take with you in your pack when you go out? So if I was just like, uh, if I was going to drive out somewhere, park my car and then like walk out to a camping site, uh, let's say I'm walking out, you know, less than 10 miles, but like, you know, more than five, you know, mm-hmm. I would probably carry. So I'd carry, depending on the season, uh, I, I changed my sleep system a little bit, uh, in the summer out here, just because it gets so hot during the day that even in the dead of night, you know, when the sand is really losing, uh, heat rapidly, it still only gets down to like 70. Right. And like, that's like absolute lowest. Normally it's like still in the mid eighties. So I'll bring Jeez. a bivy, I'll bring a bivy sack, you know, just in the, uh, off chance to like, you know, you get like a summer, summer thunderstorm or something like that so i'll bring my bivy sack uh i have a gore-tex one that my father got when he was uh enlisted when he was up at fort lewis so oh, nice. i think super super warm yeah i'm super lucky that he didn't throw that away like he did a bunch of this stuff dude, gore-tex is expensive no matter what yeah. you're buying if it's made out of yeah. gore-tex it's it's yeah. a premium so it's a woodland uh it's an m81 bivy which i love obviously Even better yeah. yeah everybody loves m81 so i take that and I'll take uh, I'll take a whoopee wrapped up in it, and I have a cheap little field and stream camp pillow that I like fold up and I put like right in the pocket of my shoulder, and that's what I rest my head on at night. And like that is like the bare minimum comfort gear that I bring. And then obviously I bring uh, I have a little MSR uh, pot with its stove, like it's a little like screw onto the gas canister stove, and that's what I cook on. I far prefer it to an mre just because you know like you're able to cook something that has just a little bit of taste to it and like that for me that's like the biggest thing that like yeah boosts morale is like if i can sit at least for a little bit and i can talk with somebody and you know we can like smoke and joke and like i can eat something that actually activates my taste buds on my tongue right yeah even if i have to get up that night and like stare into the darkness for six hours I will be happy because I got to eat something flavorful that night. Yeah. No, and that's one of those small things that goes a long distance, you know, is, is food, you know, it's like one of those like, like food and fire, like the small, like comfort things that, yeah, that that for whatever, I'm sure there's a psychological explanation for it, but they provide that, like that creature comfort that just makes things that are bad seem not so bad. When's the last time you were around a you know a campfire and it, you were in a shit you know a shit mood? Like I can't think of a single time. I, yeah, I can't <laughs> either. The same thing with like a good meal. Like when's the last time you were pissed off and had a really good steak? Like I, I don't know. It's never happened. I can't. It's not possible. That's why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, that makes sense. In a person. You know, and I it, I'm happy to hear that it's not just you know the MREs is like it's some people I think really actually like those things. Um, I. I, yeah, I've heard there are a couple that are good, like some kind of chicken quesadilla one or something like that, or Southwest chicken or something. But I, I like the tuna one, and I oh, like gross. the chicken oh, no. chunks one. Yeah, I don't know what. So when I was on the Appalachian Trail, actually, a lot of the food that I ate is I, I had a a similar little pot back then, but this one was a little smaller. It was like it was like one of the like those cheap Stanley cooking pots, right? I mm-hmm. used to. I used to cook with it over a fire. I still have that thing, and it is just do. It's messed up because you know I just put it in the fire and cook with it. And I, I swear to God, because I was burning like four thousand calories a day, I would cook instant potatoes, like instant mashed potatoes, and I put tuna in it. And I've just loved tuna ever since. 
you, dude, you, no. I, <laughs> I'm one of those guys, like, I'll even go to, like, Subway, and someone will order the tuna sub, and I, like, I have to stop myself from, like, retching and gagging. So I'm like, like, and I like tuna, but, like, not, I, I just, I can't, you know, and yeah. if I go to a restaurant, someone's like, oh, you want some tuna? I'm like, no, I, I can't. I'm, I'm sorry. It's gotta be like, I gotta watch my mom steak. make it at home or something. Like, yeah, I, it's one of those weird things. Like I'm, I'm, uh, Hispanic, you know, my, my mom's side of the family has had restaurants and everything for years, but like as much as everyone talks about how great avocado is now, fucking hate it. Can't eat yeah. it. Don't, don't like I can't the consistency do. of it. I think that's it. I don't know. I, like as a kid, I remember looking at it. I was like, that looks like. So uh, as a kid, I had, I had younger brothers that are like six or seven years older, or sorry, younger than me. So right around that time, you're starting to really develop your mental faculties was when they were like born. And yeah. I remember looking at, at uh, guacamole and I was like, that looks like baby uh, baby shit. I'm not eating that. And Fair it's enough. just like, and ever since, I'm like, I, you know what? There's something about that I just don't trust. I'm not. So like, I've I've actually grown, you know, um, I will actually, if I if I'm able to watch my mother make it from start to finish, I will eat the guac. But if it's someone's like, Oh yeah, I bought this container of guacamole from the grocery store. I'm like, you can chuck that shit right now. I'm not that. And like that and tuna for me, I don't know why it's just, it's super fucking weird. Looks like they scraped it up a pair of pampers. You ain't getting me today. Yeah. Yeah, No, I I just, I can't, it's one of those things, you know, and that's when I went on that land nav trip, uh, Sam like came out of, the other room and he was he was eating one of those i think it was like some kind of southwest chicken mre or something he's like yeah it's really good you want some i'm like no dude i really don't he's like oh yeah it's actually pretty it's not you know it's not that bad i'm like no nope no, I, I don't always i don't always heat up my mres you know because i'm like i would rather drink the water than wasted you know the tiny tiny like minuscule amount of water that it takes to heat them up it's like a super small amount right but i'm still like no i would rather have that one mouthful of water <laughs> out here in the yeah, desert he ate, it, he ate it cold and uh and that's the other thing Some i didn't of them realize look like vomit cold they are that's, disgusting looking <laughs> it didn't look great he's like yeah it's not bad if you don't look at it i'm like no no dude, <laughs> dude like we're gonna have right. breakfast here like no i'm not eating that I, I can't you know i ate some unhealthy shit i think i bought like a i brought up like a box of twinkies or something i had like three twinkies i'm like no nah, i can't i'm not eating that i can't hey whatever's clever right I well and I didn't realize this um but he actually let me know he said, yeah they actually um because we both actually it's funny we we uh we went to school together and stuff and you know we do the podcast together and it turns out we both ended up having you know s- different but uh digestive disorders and stuff and he's like yeah you know these MREs are actually you know I, I told him I was gonna shit my pants if I ate that and he's like no dude these are designed so that you don't like, we yeah what are you talking about? Like, well, they don't want you just shitting all the time when you're out in, in combat and stuff. So they're actually designed to back you up. I was like, yeah. what are you, are you, seriously? He's like, yeah, here, there's this gum they give you that's supposed to make you go. I'm like, something about this food source regulating my bowel movements that I just don't, I don't love and trust. I, you know, so I think I'll go with like the store off the shelf food for camping rather than like an MRE. I don't know, man. I don't, I just don't trust it. I uh, I can go a pretty long time in the field. Like when we're eating MREs without going, like I've gone like like five days. Ooh, see, that's that's unhealthy. Yeah, that's unhealthy. Yeah. And and like that's... so, like th- this happens with everybody I know. And like you know, if you're gonna like if you and like your buddies are like gonna go out for anybody listening, you're gonna you're gonna do something like this. And like like you guys are gonna go out for like a long weekend, right? 
like four days, right? You're going to eat MREs. You're going to eat something like MREs. Be aware that when you get back, you're going to be in intense stomach pain because, like, when you get back in your normal setting, your body, like, you know, like it gets accustomed to being in a certain mm-hmm, place. Yeah. When you finally get back at, at that place, it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. You're going to, you're going to shower. And then midway through your shower, you're going to be like, Oh my God, well, I, I'm going to have to start all over after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know exactly the feeling you're talking about too. It's like, it hits you out of nowhere. You know, that kind of like cramping pain that like doubles you over and you're like all right well this is like it's like your body saying welcome back to the real world here we go and yeah yeah, be prepared you know i mean that's (laughs) yeah that's i hadn't even thought about that but yeah now that i now that you say that like yeah that's it's not a good feeling but and like like talking about like bug it out and stuff like that it's like like if you're if you have a family and you're gonna do this with kids like first of all I seriously don't recommend like you bugging out because there's just way too many variables that are out of your control that oh, yeah. can go that can go wrong and something like that. But if that's your only option, like take your kids camping before something like that happens, and make sure that they're comfortable being able to relieve themselves out in the wilderness, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, like. You know, who, who knows what irrational fear your kid may have that they eventually grow out of one day you know maybe maybe they're scared to go out there why wouldn't there be yeah or yeah. why wouldn't be you know especially like considering the amount of media that can sit that kids consume today like there's no telling what kid show that they could have seen or like there's some bear in it or something like that you know something crazy like that something that wouldn't have mattered to you or you wouldn't have picked up but their sponge of a mind picked up and latched onto and now they have some irrational fear yeah. right of like going out in the wilderness well, or i mean just in in generalities and, and again we talked about this when we we uh did an episode with sam and ryan just talking about the pros and cons kind of weighing it out you know bugging out versus bugging in kids are a yeah. huge consideration with that even you know like i said I, I have that irrational fear of snakes but in other states in the country right poisonous snakes are a, a thing yeah if For you sure. grow up in a suburban area <clears throat> where you don't run into those things, but your your survival strategy, like you said, is, oh, I'm just going to go bug out. Your kids need to be aware of, you know, how to tell what what snakes are poisonous, yeah. what what are, what isn't, um, yeah. you know, or, or just like simple things like, hey, how to spot poison ivy. Don't fucking touch that because you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> yeah. You know, and basic to bug out into a medical emergency. Yeah. Basics. I mean, because kids are kids are kids right so they're not just going to touch that plant they're going to like climb through that motherfucker and then it's like head to toe poison ivy poison oak just get it as a kid yeah and 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 then it's like all right well we can't you know did we pack calamine lotion do we have enough uh you know i mean some of that shit takes a steroid shot depending on how bad it gets and everything like do we have access to that probably not how strong is your child's immune system you know do they have pre-existing conditions that are gonna yeah that are gonna i mean play into that and you, know, you were saying today's day and age and everything, you know, I mean, immune systems, I, I, this is just my opinion, immune systems, I think, are only getting weaker as time goes on because we spend so much time indoors as For opposed sure. to outdoors. You know, bacteria and dirt is outside, so you build a, a damn immune system. It's yeah, kind of why I think this whole vaccine thing is a little, little bit ridiculous uh, to some extent, you know. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned before, like I I might have a slightly stronger stomach than like a lot of people. And like, you know, this isn't something that's like just unique to me, but like 
to soldiers in the army, you know, at least like guys in my platoon in my company, you know, like we can be out there for days and days and days. And like, you know, I go out there and I dig a, I dig a cat hole out in the, out in the dirt and I squat down over it. And then I come back, wipe my hands off with a baby wipe and I eat an MRE. Like there was no sanitization in that. Yep. Dude, you just, you come here so much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm okay with it. Are you going to be okay with it? You know, like there's there's nothing wrong if you have a stomach that can't handle that, but uh, it's a consideration to play into. Yeah, I mean, you have to you and if it's something that you are overly concerned with, then you know, plan accordingly. Have hand sanitizer. Have, I mean, when it comes down to it, there's only so much you're going to be able to do in sure. you know outdoor conditions versus uh, what you would do at home in your bathroom. You know, you don't have running hot water where you can wash your hands with, you know, super powerful soap for 30 to 40 seconds as the CDC recommends. You know what I mean? Like there's give and take to be had there. Um, And, you know, plan accordingly. I mean, like there's certain things, you know, everyone goes to the bathroom. That's something you have to plan for. Everyone's got to eat. That's something you got to plan for. Sometimes those things are going to happen really close together because that's just when you stopped moving. Yeah. You got to you got to cram it all in. You got to make good use of that time, you know, and uh, like another thing that I've seen, like just being in the army, especially uh, like I'm not a very old guy. Like I mentioned, I'm 25 or like I think I mentioned, them, you know, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys younger than me in the army now. You know, there's guys in my platoon who uh, I'm not a team leader now because of the whole covid thing. I'm kind of kind of doing my own thing now, which sucks because being a team leader was an awesome job hated it but it was an awesome job and i wouldn't have any other job in the army but uh like there's there's dudes in my platoon who were born after 9 11 and like that's yeah and that's crazy to think to put in that in that perspective and like you know like we're only six years separated or seven years separated that's not that is not a lot of span of time in a in a human consideration like right now i'm i'm very emotionally and uh invested with a woman who's eight years older than me you know 25 Good for you that's, buddy there you go. <laughs> that's like that's like not your that's like not a whole lot of of difference you know depending on mental faculty you know as mm-hmm. it is between like you know me and somebody seven years younger than me you know that's yeah a, that's a way bigger difference and like a lot of these guys like they just don't know stuff like i'll be like hey man why why were you taking a crap so freaking close to the patrol base? And he's like, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I didn't want to walk that far. I'm like, listen, man. <laughs> and times like these were like, I can see you. And I like have, I can visually see you, right. And make sure nobody's going to sneak up and slit your throat. You need to be at least 80 yards away. He's like, why? I'm like for sanitary reasons, dude. Yeah. You know? And, and like, obviously there's times where security considerations, necessitates you dig a slit trench that's like six feet deep in the middle of a patrol base and that's what everybody uses because you don't leave the patrol base and you you do it right there in the middle horrible especially like in the summer and in georgia it's horrible and you know then when you leave there's this whole thing it's like all right guys we're leaving in five give me two to 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 fill in the slit trench that's six feet wide and like six feet deep (laughs) <laughs> just shoveling yeah, no for one your wants life. that fucking job yeah nope. yeah just shoveling for your life yeah you as know. fast as you can and yeah i mean it's 
you know, those are, are survival concepts. I think they're just, you know, <clears throat> they're overlooked, um, like a lot of things. It, it's really from a high level, just like we were talking about earlier with, uh, you know, the recce rifle platforms and things like that. Now getting into things like sanitation and hygiene and, and basic survival skills, um, people don't think about it. You know, it's it's it it just it seems from that again from that high level lens that you're just going to be able to, you know, uh, throw on a backpack with some stuff in it and go out and do what you do and yeah. no big deal until you actually get out there and have to you know navigate through the woods. You're not just walking along the side of a road or walking down a fence line or something. Yeah. Um, that stuff gets real complicated. So I think what you're doing with the information that you're putting out and your experiences, I think that it's huge. I think more people need to focus on it, honestly. And it's going to be something that, um, I'm going to look to do more of this year. Um, I don't really believe in the whole new year's resolution thing, but it's definitely on my list of, you know, I want to go do more land navigation. I want to go spend more time away from technology like we were actually supposed to i say we loosely but um sam and i were actually supposed to go up to that ranch we were on and teach a land navigation course Mm. mostly him teaching and me babysitting um but it you know something we were planning on doing and trying to put together it kind of fell through for a lot of different reasons but uh we all enjoyed it a lot um just getting out there and doing it and um something like i said something i'm gonna do more of this year but Something that uh, I found was really interesting. Um, I mean, shit, even what a good compass costs, you know, was a, a learning experience for me. Like, I bought a $10 metal compass online before that trip. And I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. I, okay. I definitely was not fine. That thing was a, was a giant piece of shit. Yeah, you're <laughs> you like, know? yeah, technology should be cheap. We've had it for like, you know, like a thousand years. Should be yeah. pretty cheap, right? Turns out, no. <laughs> no, I mean, if you're just standing still, it's fine. But like... You, realistically, for anybody listening, if you're looking to get into to learn how to do land navigation, if you're wanting to, to learn how to get, you know, kind of off the grid, so to speak, like you need a good compass. It's going to cost you about 60 bucks. You need a map protractor. Um, you need some uh, there's I forget what fucking brand. There's some like specific markers that are good for writing on lamination stuff that won't smear off. Like you're probably gonna have to spend about 100 bucks to get into it yeah. now that'll last you for a long time. You don't have to worry about it, but that stuff, I mean, the $5 compass that you pick up from Walmart's not going to do the trick. Yep. You know, unless you want to recalibrate that thing every single time you stop and, and have to, you know, check where you're at to make sure you're still headed in the right direction. And it's kind of a pain in the fucking ass, which is why I didn't use my compass that trip. I said, no, we'll yeah. just let you do, you do it, man. You got the GPS up there and, you know, which is, you know, it's maybe something that I personally don't get don't give enough credit to the army to. But like, you know, I came in at a at a really a really interesting time. You know, like the war was winding down. You know, the uh, there was you know Gen Z. I'm kind of like in but in between like millennials and Gen Z. You know, mm-hmm. like Gen, Gen Z was getting into the army. You know, there's this there's this whole thing about like change of generation in the you know in a broader sense and there's change of generation you know in a smaller sense in the army and i was i was really lucky that i was older when i came in i was 22 and like i was i was the same age as some of these dudes who were like my leader and i was 
like they could tell that I was passionate about like what I signed up to do. You know, like this wasn't a way for me to escape the reality of my hometown or whatever. And I was really lucky that people invested the time and also just gave me extra stuff that they had. Like the Lunzatic compass that I have, that was a gift. You know, that's that's like a badass gift. Yeah, that's like a that's like a super big deal. Right. And it was just given to me by an E6 who was getting out the next year. He's like, yeah, man, just just keep it, you know, and yeah. Maybe it's something that I don't I don't say thanks for enough, right? That like I've had the opportunity, I've had the blessing to be around not only so many knowledgeable guys, but like dudes who like once you get past like the hard the hard exterior, you know, because they've been shot at or because they've killed people, like they're legitimately good dudes, you know, and they're they're willing to help out and and I think that's why I shifted the focus of my page because, you know, like I, I started in 2019 and it was just like a way for me to like document my progression basically. Mm-hmm. And then I I shifted it again in like late or sorry, like mid this year. You know, I was yeah. like, I i am not giving back. Uh, there is there is I have the opportunity to give back. And more importantly, I have the opportunity to better learn the things that I know. Right. Because in order to teach, you have to, in order to really teach something, you have to know it. And yeah. yeah. Like me, me shifting the focus of my, of my page and being more uh, focused on soldiering tasks and explaining things and like the why of it, that the how of it has, it is exponentially increased my capability and it really sucks that it was it was so close to when the whole COVID thing happened and the whole mess with the DOD, right? Because it took me out of the team leader position when I was really coming into my own as a leader. And I hate that. Like, I still go into work every day. Like, I still talk to the guys. I still offer them tutelage when they want it. And I'm lucky that I have a rapport with the men in my platoon, you know, because, like, a lot of them follow me on Instagram. And like they see the stuff that I do and they're like, oh, man, sure. you're you're freaking nuts, man. We just got we were at NTC for 33 days in the first weekend back. You throw on a 60 pound ruck and you go walking in the desert. What's wrong with you, man? Yeah. You know, but like <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? But like the good the good portion of that is, is like I come in and I'm just like smoking and joking, like making fun of people. And they're like, hey, Kilgore, you want to teach us something? I'm like, dude, absolutely. Yeah. What do you want to, so I guess, so then to kind of wrap up, what would be if for people that want to learn more about, you know, uh, I can't, I hate going back to this work, the the recce concept, you know, like getting out there and and hiking and rucking across the desert or the the hills, the mountains, you know, people want to learn about this, you know, um, what are, what are like the, what are your recommendations for their first steps on where to start looking for help and, and, and where to start learning? So if you're, if you're just going to be like rucking and stuff like that, like there's a, there's a lot of good guys on like Instagram. There's like adapter die, uh, dot USA. There's, uh, uh, op for aider there's marauder dot png i'm sure i'm messing some of these Insta- these instagram handles up but like there's a lot of good information on just like like foot care and like how to load your ruck or or your backpack or whatever you have and and doing simple stuff like that but if you want to go like into you know what's been termed recce stuff nowadays like soldiering tasks right uh we're really lucky in america that 
I'm pretty sure it's by law that the U.S. is required to divulge its tactics, right, to make it open source, right? So you can go online, you can like go to Amazon, and you can buy a Warrior Level One uh, skill test book, yep. which everybody, yep, which everybody, those. which everybody gets when you go into basement or when you go into basic, like uh, right above my computer right now on my bookshelf. I've got mine sitting right there, right next to a small unit tactics level two book. And like, I, I read those all the time. Uh, a ranger handbook is also a good thing to get because it'll cover, it'll cover like some basic stuff and all this stuff reads like a radio manual, right? Like you're probably going to have to put in some music on the background while you read it just yeah, so you don't fall asleep. Work at it a little bit. I, yeah. As someone who last year got my radio license. Yeah. I, I you definitely got to work at it a little bit to keep yourself yeah. going. Yeah. But, you know, stuff like that, it's like, like if you, if you want to really know how to like, you know, you're going to go out and you're going to set up an observation post and you're going to ruck out there. It's like, you know, like a lot of stuff with rucking, like eh, you can kind of sort of figure it out. It's like, oh man, that strap that was dangling, it got caught in the thorn bush. I'm going to take that up next time. Or it's like, oh man, this water sitting on the bottom of my ruck was like impossible to get to. And I, we had to stop the whole thing and I had to dig out my water so I didn't dive dehydration or cramp up, you know, walking right. up this mountain. Like a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of this stuff comes with trial and error and, you know, you got to be willing to let yourself grow and approach it from a point of humility, you know, because yeah. the, the fool is the precursor to the hero. You know, one day you're going to be the hero of your own story, but only if you're willing to go out and look stupid for some period of it. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta be willing to fall uh, yeah. before you can fly, so, sort of, so to speak. For sure, and you know, I guess the, I guess the best place to start is from to like treat it like you're some dude going into basic. Like treat it like you're you're scared and you have no idea what's going on, but you're just gonna get 110 percent because you you don't feel like you have any other option because failure's not an option. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Hey man, listen. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on uh, and sharing all this. Uh, like I said, I I think this is just overlooked and underappreciated. Um, and I I certainly value uh, everything that you're putting out there, um, content-wise, educationally. Um, I mean, I, I'm I I check your story and your stuff all the time, and it's like, man, dude, like it, he's out there like doing legit shit this is this is awesome this is the only thing what i do during my weekends you know and i'm like eh, i mowed the lawn Sick. <laughs> you know um you got different priorities. it's cool but but thank you you know for making the time and coming on and and um sharing your knowledge your story uh with our listeners um you know before i let you go just real quick can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media one more time uh, so on Instagram, that's pretty much the only place I am right now. I am, uh, at high underscore speed underscore hillbilly hillbilly is all one word. And, uh, you'll see some weird picture of like a dude squatting with a, with a weapon in his hands in front of like a Jeep grill. Like that's me. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Yeah, man. Well, th- thank you. And, uh, I mean, we're going to be in touch, I'm sure. Um, oh yeah. And talk, I'll, I talk to you all the time on Instagram. Yep, we message all the time, and uh, I I definitely like to have you back on maybe in a couple of months. And we'll see what you've been up to, uh, you know, throughout the year and stuff, and we'll touch base again. I'm down for it. Alrighty, sir. You have a great evening, and thank you again. You as well, man. I really I really enjoyed being on. It was great talking. All right, take care and uh, be safe, brother. 
Appreciate it. You too, man. There you guys go. That was my discussion with Conan Kilgore. We talked about Recky. We talked about Land Nav. We talked about a whole ton of stuff. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. He's a super chill guy with a, a lot of information to offer. Um, if you guys aren't following him on Instagram, you, you really should. Uh, again, it's at high, uh, high underscore speed underscore hillbilly. You got a, a lot of really unique content, doing some stuff that a lot of guys, uh, a lot of guys just aren't doing. You know, uh, getting out there, putting his own skills to the test, and uh, and learning and teaching himself new things. Uh, you know, every trip out. Uh, so just can't, can't say enough positive things, uh, about, about Conan and, and how happy I was, uh, I am to have had him on as our first guest of 2022, uh, which still feels, you know, really weird to say 2022. Um, but hopefully we're going to keep this train rolling. We're going to have a lot more great content coming at you guys, uh, this year, we're really looking to up the ante and bring in some, uh, some, some individuals that are a little bit outside the scope of what we're used to doing here. And, uh, yeah, I'm really pumped for it, man. I hope you guys are as well. But that's all I got for you. There's no more. Can't have any. All right. Uh, until next week, thank you guys for checking us out. Uh, until next time, you guys get out there. You work hard. You train smarter. And like we always say here, be prepared. <laughs>